Bijou Podcasts. You're listening to episode 93 of the Stacey June Show. Today is a guest chat and I am so excited to welcome Lola Berry to the show. Hi guys, Stace here, the host of the Stacey June Show. Thank you for joining me. It is Thursday and I'm excited to share with you a chat that I had with a beautiful soul by the name of Lola Berry a few weeks ago. Um, I'm wondering if you can hear the background music in my house at the moment. I'm recording this intro on a Sunday and we are smashing uh, Jesus is King, Kanye's new album. Um, And I didn't have have the... um, I don't know. I just didn't want to turn it down. Ben was enjoying it too much in the other room making brekkie and we're having a dance to it. I'm not sure what you guys think, but um, I'm, I'm so into this Sunday Sunday service stuff that he's doing, obsessed. Uh, we have our version of kind of a baby shower today. We're having two. Yes, we are those people. I didn't even think I would have a baby shower, but sure enough, uh, we are having a Sydney and Melbourne one because our life is split between the two um, and I'm feeling good. I don't know about you guys, but anytime there is some form of event. It's so ironic considering my work, considering the fact that I've done radio for 10 years and I don't think I necessarily see that job as being the center of attention, but it's certainly a lot of people listening to my voice at a time when I tell a story. But then when it comes to like events or something where you're celebrated or with the people that, you know, are close to you, I get a bit nervy like your birthday all those kinds of things I love it and I love gathering and they're really special and sacred and I think celebrating and and marking momentous occasions is important I realized that once we really narrowed I guess broke down why we wanted to get married and then choosing to elope it was important for us to still mark milestones in a in a celebration way that didn't necessarily have to look like the standard way, but it was still important to do it. So we didn't go too extreme where we completely just don't celebrate at all. We try and find our own groove. So I think that's really important, but it's still, I don't know, there's still something in me that gets a bit of nervous energy when, you know, you're not sure who's getting, it's just like high school. You're not sure who's turning up. You don't know what time everyone's going to get there. Is it, you know, it's just a bizarre it's a bizarre um, lead up for the next the couple of hours before, but I am really looking forward to it. Um, I hope you guys have had a great week. I just wanted to give you a heads up that next week um, we'll have only a couple of episodes because we are going away for a, um, a little bit of a baby moon, which will be really exciting. We're off to um, one of the islands of Queensland and it'll be our, our first tropical holiday together. We've never, we didn't do a honeymoon. We've barely been on holidays. We The big holiday we went on last, this is Ben and I, my husband and I, um, was to get married in New York. <laughs> so we're still learning a lot about each other um, and still experiencing firsts, which is amazing. And um, so we're really, really excited for that. So next week, uh, the podcast will be um, a little less, but um, there'll still be some shows dropping, just not as many as we usually do. Um, my beautiful guest, Lola Berry, is an Aussie nutritionist. If you haven't come across her before, I'm sure you have. You can follow her at Yummo Lola. B. 
Berry on Instagram. She is also a yoga teacher. Uh, she is an entrepreneur and has many different little businesses. When I say little, I don't use the word as in the capacity or the scope of those businesses, but she's got lots of projects on the go. She's just launched um, a brand new project with her boyfriend called Lola Coffee, which is a very lovely uh, speciality instant coffee. Um And she also has juice bars and so many books. She's an author and has written a gazillion books. I've actually been able to um, be lucky enough to get some advice from her about starting or or writing my first book. But Lola is so great because she's just so what you see is what you get. And I don't know. I know that I try and choose these people to talk to on my show. And and generally there is a real, I guess, collective energy with the guests that I have on my show but Lola in particular is in the public eye and it is that little bit extra difficult to be as transparent and as herself as she is and so she I think works really hard at that behind the scenes. She talks a lot about her relationship with therapy. She mentions her therapist on the reg which I love. He sounds like an absolute legend. She talks about falling in love and um, and the navigation of that. She talks about her career and how she makes business decisions. I also really open her up um, about just kind of money and the way that she negotiates and navigates different businesses as an entrepreneur too. So I think the great thing about Lola, like I said, is that she does share and she's a learner. She's um, she's a transfor- she's a transformer. <laughs> she is constantly evolving, and I really, really, um, I really meet her in that energy. I really see her and I really feel like there's lots that we have in common from that end that it is a constant evolution that we live through and and she really shares the tools and the ways that she goes deeper within to continue to grow in herself and continue to learn in herself and um, and I think you're really going to love this chat. I love sitting down with her. I sat down with her and talked to her on her show which I'm sure she'll drop over the next little bit of time and I will share that with you in good time but today she is my guest on the stage. Stacey June show and I hope you enjoy. If you're hearing this episode um, from listening through Lola and you haven't listened to the show before, welcome. Uh, I am a radio announcer, a broadcaster, a podcaster, obviously, almost an author, writing my first book at the moment. Uh, We do three different shows on this week, on this show a week. Um, Today is a guest show. Sunday is a bit of self-reflection and a thought or I guess a feeling and an analysis of what the week has involved for me and something that I hope can help you dig deeper into your own self and your own self-inquiry. And then Tuesday is for the single Pringles of the world uh, where we try and nourish and celebrate our single selves on this show uh, and it is just different tips for you to navigate and, and really flourish in being on your own as opposed to wishing that time away. So have a bit of a flick through if you haven't listened to any of the shows before. I'm so glad that you're here and if you are a Stacey June listener and you are being introduced to Lola or you love the show make sure you tell her that you heard her here and go say hello give her a follow on Insta and let her know what you loved listening to in particular all right guys I really hope you enjoy this chat this is Lola Berry Hello, Lola Berry. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) 
I feel like I'm always, I don't know, there's something about your energy that makes me feel a bit giggly, like I'm a bit of a younger version of myself. Like, I don't know what it is. It's like the little girl, like we're having a play date or something. (laughs) Yeah, man, always. And I think because we know each other, this, it feels comfy. Like it's like coming home. It's really natural and comfy. Yeah, and you're, but I think in, even when you know people, especially around the way we've met through work and, and stuff, I still don't think that there's always that homey um, kind of giggle vibe. I think that's about who you are more than it is about us knowing each other. So I think it's actually a testament to you. Oh, I'll take that. Thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, and I think it's probably a bit of me too. Like, I think our personalities are quite open like that. So straight away, you yeah. don't, there's no bullshit, you know? Totally, mate. Who's got time for bullshit? Mm, not us. I want to talk to no. you um, about all of your business stuff because that's something that mm-hmm. has just been. I don't know, you just seem to unravel and showcase another layer of yourself from a business perspective, which I've always been so impressed by. Um, You've just launched Lola Coffee and you've just um, started your podcast. And I wanted to talk to you about some of the, um, like the realities behind that and how you've gone about teaching yourself. And I'm, I'm specifically wanting to hone in to money and finance and contracts and all of those bits that I guess lots of people don't discuss. How are you with that side of stuff and, and how have you had to learn and, and kind of adapt as you've grown your business? Brilliant question. Uh, I am very lucky. I have a wonderful manager, Lauren and Rach, and they – really do step in when the, you know, when deals get done and they um, have a really solid foundation as far as rate cards. So they don't like often, they'll often go, Lola, we're saying no to this because it's Mm. literally an eighth of what your rate is worth. So Mm. they're really great at kind of stepping in and going no. And I say no to more things than I say yes to because of, you know, little things that are like, here, we'll give you 500 bucks for an Insta post or something like that. I'm like, no, 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 I'd rather longevity. I'd rather to work with a company on a long term. Have you always been like that or did you have to build to a point? I know I've always been, I've been very comfy saying no since the get-go, but I've also been with Harry M, um, that's the agency, forever, like probably eight, coming on eight years now. So we've got to know what my non-negotiables are. Like I'm gluten-free, so they never get me to sign on with a company that sells wheat bix or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. purely because I don't eat it. So what's the point? I, they, they're really good at going, all right, well, we've got to walk the talk here. But also as far as finance goes, like I'll be very honest with you, there is time between work gigs where there's no money coming in. You mm. do live more like an actor where you get paid a lot of money for one gig and then you don't get work for two months. And that's where in those times I teach quite a lot of yoga and I just mm. am quite smart mm. in those scenarios where I'm like I know there's no money coming in for two months or nothing substantial financially. I'll just up my yoga teaching and that's where it's been a great skill set to have. So, yeah, back to that because you started off in performance and acting and and kind of built all of your parts of your career from that forefront. So you were, I suppose, in the headspace that 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 financial stream was always going to be a bit uh, on, off, on, off, on, off. But did you you have a moment where you realised, fuck, I'm going to need a few other skill sets here to be able to make this work? Gee, you're good with the questions. Uh, Yes, so... (laughs) 
Look, as soon as I moved to Sydney, I got a pretty – so I lived in Sydney for six years and I got – I just qualified my yoga – my first yoga teaching course and I was like, holy smokes, living in Sydney is so expensive. And I was teaching Isn't 28 it? classes a week, which in yoga t- speak wow. is a bit full on. Like a full-time yoga teacher will teach about 10 classes a week. Um, so I was like, well, and how much on average, maybe not your, sorry to interrupt, but how much on average would a, like a beginning yoga teacher earn like oh, for one class? Oh, not, not much. It's not like, much. yeah, it's, it's like 70 yeah. bucks a pop. Yeah. And you have to be yeah, there yeah, half yeah. an hour before and half an hour after Yeah, 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 yeah to yeah. teach an hour class. So like to make it financially viable, you want to teach a shitload. Mm. I don't know if I'm allowed mm. to swear, but you want to teach mm. a fair bit. So um, oh, when I moved to Sydney, I obviously didn't have any work. I just signed with that agency and I was like, shit, how am I going to put food on the table? And that's when I was just like, screw it. And I just taught so much yoga, too much. Like I, I fell out of love with yoga very quickly. But I knew, I'd, I've known from the get-go, like even when before I moved to Sydney, I was working in morning television. I'd do my weekly segment that had paid $500 a pop. And then I was like, shit, I need to make money to pay rent, pay for my petrol in my car. So I worked at a smoothie bar and my friend had a cleaning company and I um, cleaned toilets. So I just, I've never really given too much of a shit about where or what I need to do. I'm not precious at all about that. Like I love going into yoga studios and teaching yoga because I'm like, this is a cool gift that I get to share with people but I also know that when work gets really busy say a book comes out and you're on a media tour or something like that I know I won't be teaching yoga for a few months and I'm fine with that I just think it's something that ebbs and flows. And have you always been really comfortable with the non-traditional career because I think even even I'm in the same boat as you, but at the same time, for a long time, I had a fairly stable, like state, well, stable is a rich word in radio, but I mean, um, you know, a fairly consistent kind of job where I knew I was going somewhere every single day. And then I've had different jobs before. I've had to kind of go in and out, but when I lost that and then began my own business again as a full-time thing, it still is confronting when you are kind of constantly having this inner dialogue of comparison to the nine to five thing because it's where it's it's just completely surrounding you. Have you always been pretty comfortable with that or have you had your own moments? To be honest, the stuff that makes me uncomfortable is the nine to five. That gives yeah. me massive anxiety. So the yeah. thought of being locked in, so I've never had nine to five. When I finished school, I went straight into a Bachelor of Performing Arts. So I knew pretty early on I wanted to be the next Kate Blanchett. That was yeah. a goal. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I've never, ever had a nine to five, ever. And I've yeah. never, I've been completely okay with not having a nine to five and completely okay with having peaks and troughs with my financial income. It doesn't bother me at all because I have this really weird sense of, and not in an egoic way, but like a sense of self-belief. I'm like, I know that I will work hard enough to get to where I want to go. Like I know that within myself. And this abundance that money kind of comes in ebbs and flows too, which it does for everybody, even if you're in the nine to five, which is interesting. Totally. I mean, there's this beautiful yoga word called equanimity and it means to be like like calm within the ebbs and flows of life. Yeah, that would be a big challenge for everybody. I think often um, transition definitely brings up the fact that there's some, you know, there's some unfinished business in terms of, um, I, you know, ideas around that, of comfort in that because there's just so much control in what that nine to five offers, you know. So then actually if you take it away, it's so much more about where you're at in your own person rather than actually it being about a nine to five or an external kind of factor like a job, 
you know, it's quite interesting at the kind of characters that I think end up doing that because you do need to be pretty pretty match fit from your own self-worth and your own, I guess, self-care process, which I want to move into that actually because um, as everybody knows, you're definitely a spiritual being. You are certainly a person that um, is an advocate for nourishing your body and and healing traumas and, and working on yourself. What does a day look like in terms of a super intense turned up spiritual day versus a day that you may not even, you know, you may not meditate or you may not do anything of that? I just want to kind of paint a picture because I like talking about how that version of spirituality and self-care really varies for people but then also varies in their own lives too. Absolutely. So first of all, I definitely don't live a spiritual lifestyle every single day. I have shit days. I have days where I'm exhausted. I can guarantee when I'm writing a manuscript, I'm the most unhealthy version of myself. I'll stay up late writing because you get this really creative spur in the middle of the night and really late at night. I'll eat all the sugar. I I famously say I'm like, I put on five kilos with every book that I write. It's funny because I started a new manuscript today, this morning, and I'm like, oh, God, here we go. We're back on the the roller coaster. But um, a a really good day for me, and there's a lot of them now. I think uh, my boyfriend's brought so much balance to my life because he's super zen and I'm like, I'm fire. Like I'm like, ah, didn't get enough done today. Feel like shit. I'm that. Like I'm Mm. so yang and he's so yin. So he'll be like, calm the F down, Lola. Like, whew, take a moment. So now I'm much more comfortable with like, tuning into my intuition. We meditate together. So he's really into this type of meditation called mindful Mm self-compassion. So it's like tapping into if you feel shit in any part of your body or in any part of your emotional state and it's being okay with that feeling as opposed to fighting Mm -hmm. it. But Mm -hmm. a really good day for me would be get up, do yogs, uh, meditate. Uh, I like, I really enjoy meditating after my yoga practice, staying in the yoga class and practicing my back bends because that's like my passion in the yoga world. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I love, I love like my coffee. So coffee is absolutely still something that's in on a super spiritual day and just like going to the market, getting salmon, like making really mindful food and, being in the moment, I mean, that's, and like I've got all my crystals around and like I've got like ayahuasca incense, stuff like that. Like, yes, I absolutely have those days where I'm burning all that kind of stuff and working on my goal books and my manifestation books and reading and whatnot. But I also don't have those days. Like I've just come out of a really intense five-week yoga teacher training that was really, mm. really challenging. And as soon as like my boyfriend could see how burnout I was getting, he's like, we need to get away. So next week we're going to Torquay for like, I think only like four or five days, but that will be spiritual. We'll do yoga. We'll get out to nature, biophilia, healing power, mother nature. We'll just be super mindful. We'll meditate every morning and, and all our meals will create, you know, and I've, you know, booked a little juice cleanse as well. Like they're things that I do for myself to really like give back to myself. And did that develop over time, you know, because I think a lot of people that listen to my show or the show that um, I've created and tried to create this year has been opening up doors for people to access those early stages of these kinds of processes for themselves. So did it, was it a bit of trial and error of what worked for you that has you landing on all of those things or, or were you someone that because you were doing yoga early, you were always in that world? 
Uh, I think it's a bit of both. Like it's a little column A, little column B. Yes, some of it is trial and error. Like I have, I can't stand going upside down at yoga. So any kind of inversion like um, handstand, headstand, I'm petrified. I can't get up. I can't do it. Like I've Mm. done so much advanced training now and I still can't do it. Like I will cry if I feel like I'm oh. going to slam my face on the ground. And yeah, so, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like everybody else in the course can. And um, so so it's also finding out within that space what works for you and what doesn't. Yet I can do a really deep backbend that most people are petrified of doing. So it's I, I've just found the things that work for me, but I still find things within the yoga world that absolutely don't work for me. I'm pretty okay with that. Like Back five years ago, I would have been like, I'm a failure, I'm a failure, I'm a failure. Whereas now I'm like, yep, doesn't work for me and that's okay. I'm going to find what does work for me. So, yes, finding yoga at 23, so that's 10 years ago, you know, finding yoga at that young age has probably been helpful and it's so good for spinal health and I'm really all about looking after your spine. I think healthy spine, healthy life. So, yes, Mm. it is It is. Yes and no. Like I've totally like been the other side and like my history is eating disorders and binge eating. So I've been the polar opposite where I haven't been able to give back to myself and I haven't been able to switch off. Mm. It's interesting because I think a lot of people that, um, you know, it it seems like a nice place where the self-care yoga, this world is becoming a, a little bit more immersed. It's not so much you're a yogi and you stand over there as some hippie and I stand over here judging you. I think there's so many people in classes now that are, are not your traditional yogis and people are finding a little bit more confidence in, in taking the bits that they like and leaving the bits that they don't. Oh, that's the only way to do it in life as well, off, on and off the yoga mat. Like also, you know, when you meet an idiot, you know, you can feel it. And I think um, (laughs) as you get older, like I turned 34 like three days ago, as you get older, you're like, oh, your energy feels shit. See ya. Like and very, 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 I'm very comfortable like and I've seen it within myself, like older smile at people and hold a bit of space if they're being a dingo um, and then I'll just be like, I won't. I won't be talking to you again. Like, but I mean, some people yeah. are dickheads. Yeah, like, yeah. I got my, um, I've only released two podcasts, and someone wrote the feedback was, I want to chop my, they gave me one star, and they wrote, I want to chop my ears off. She says, like too much. And I'm like, well, no worries, mate. Like, I totally know I'm not for everybody, but you don't need to be an absolute dingo and like publicly write that. You know, some people are just mean. Like, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's just idiots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, they, I think those people give me so much humour. Like, I, I really find them almost comical characters. Like, I, I can't possibly take anyone seriously because I don't know people that don't say the word like. Or It's just so – it just is a very funny thing to think of that person walking around the world as a perfect person because it's not possible. So it's just it, – it all kind of ends up being a bit of a – like a Ricky Gervais kind of, you're, you're kind of a bit out of it and watch those types yeah. of characters yeah. <laughs> just work through the world. Totally. Um, and if you can't laugh, you couldn't you couldn't possibly do it. But just moving just moving into that a little bit about your ability to kind of uh, follow your gut when it comes to people's energy. Um, and I've spoken to you about this in the past of really having an unashamedly um, kind of commitment to yourself when it comes to cutting people, toxic people, is that still something that you find um, 
you know, you're still very focused on, not focused on, but you know what I mean, you happen to, you happen to be a person that is comfortable doing it. Or are there, st- are there moments where it's it still offers its challenges depending on who it is? Because I think one of the biggest things that still comes up on what people want to talk about with the kind of content I do is friendship breakups. It's just an absolute, just a huge, huge issue for so many people. So I wanted to know if you have found that any easier over time. So yes, and that's because I have a great therapist. So my therapist, Terry, he says to me, Lola, where's your fuck it line? You need a fuck it line in the sand. And this person keeps crossing this line and he's like, they're not your friend. Like that's not something a friend would do. And so for ages I would be, I would kind of resent people and be like, well, fuck, you weren't even like, and I'd be like, oh, this person's such a dick. Like I thought they were my friend. They're treating me X, Y, and Z ways. And now I've come to this phase where I'm like, they don't even know that they've fucked up. They've got no concept of it. So now we've got, I've done a full circle where I'm so nice to the people that I've cut, right? But they wouldn't even know I've cut them because they're so indulged like in their own world. Mm. And every time I see them, I'm just Mm-mm. like, hey, how are you? Like, and I'm so <laughs> nice and I don't feel bad. I don't feel guilty either. I, I'm like very much like they know nothing about my life. Like they don't know the ins and outs. That What they know is what they see on Insta stories. And yeah, I hate that. But that's okay. Like, that, and, and but so usually I would be like, cut, see ya. I never want to see you again. That's like, I'm a Vir- Virgos are notorious for doing that. But um, now I'm like, they're just doing the best they can. And absolutely, they are a dick to me and they're flaky and they're never there for me. And that's okay. But I don't need them to be in my heart. They can just be someone that's on my periphery that I'm going to always be nice to, but I'm never going to go out of my way to share my heart with them. And so for me, that's been so empowering because it's not like cut, boom, you're done. Energetically, it is like in the heart space, totally. Like I'll be like, oh, that person won't come into my heart again. But I'm always um, now so kind, like Selena Gomez, kill them with kindness. She's my um, hashtag for how to deal with dingoes. And so what, is there any way, is it more energy-based or more kind of circumstantial when you come to that fuck it line or are there particular traits that you know just don't work for you? So something, normally I'll notice something that I don't, that doesn't fly with me. I'll be like, oh, that didn't fly. And then I'll notice it. And then at the point that it upsets me is usually when I'll then bring up with my therapist to be like, oh, fuck, this happened for the fifth time. And he'll be like, right. So do you want friends like this in your life? And I'm like, no. And he's like, do you think they're really going to support you when you're facing a challenge in your career or going through something? And I'm like, no, they won't be there. And he's like, great, as long as you know that and know that they're not there for you and they like you broken. And that's one thing I learned. Like a lot of people need you to be broken and like you broken. Yeah, yeah. I found that. Yeah. I found that too, you would, which is really interesting open. because I think – Yes, that's what I was about to say. Because I'm so vulnerable, I'm so happy to be vulnerable and not always happy about it. But I'm I I do share, and I think it's really important that we share about our vulnerabilities. But um, but I think I look like I could also be a target. Well, not a target, but it's like, oh, you make me feel comfortable because you're showing all of this. And then the second you start to get cheery, or you know, like things turn make like a, a, there's a new leaf that's turned. Whoa, they're got they're out of here. Yeah. It's insane. 
And I found that with um, because I told my I was just so open about my single life for such a long time, <laughs> and then I found that really interesting when I met Ben. How people it because I kind of thought for a while, shit, have I done this whole bro code, girl code? <laughs> like, am I? Which I didn't really give a shit about because. I don't know, I was in love and this was it was just a great time for me. But I did realise a shift and I was like, wow, and it wasn't actually about Ben at all. It was a shift in my energy oh, that yeah. was actually confronting to those kinds of people, which was, wow, what a lesson um, and what a great way to have good things come into your life to be able to also clean out the bad. It does give you a little bit of confidence, you know what totally. I mean? Like sometimes you do hang on to people, not hang on, but you're probably not even aware that you're hanging on to them. It's just more that they're there for a time um and then other things come you kind of do a bit of a spring clean and you're like oh shit okay yeah this isn't working for me anymore so let's talk about your mans <laughs> um so you know when you you follow someone on instagram obviously and as i said when i hated it i hate that that even sometimes my parents will call me because i still live interstate and they'll be like oh were you at the beach you know today and i was like no it's it's not real it's not completely real like i, I worked on something a couple of weeks ago and it was at the beach and it's it's still very hard for me because as much as my my content is authentic and it is me it, it's still a form of something. You know what I mean? There's still a there's a, still a buffer to real life versus social media, no matter which way you mm. look at it and no matter how honest and open you are. Um, but on social media, granted that that's the way that I see what how your life is unfolding because we, we live in different states. Um, and so I started to sense that you had met someone <laughs> and I was like, there is something about this chick. And so then sure enough, he pops and I feel like he popped up in a really similar way to the way Ben did, my partner, because I don't know, I think a lot of people imagine who – people like us would end up with I don't know if that makes sense to you but it's it's a particularly what kind of man yeah. and so when we started to discover the uh, you know your partner Matt uh, what do you call him Bosso oh, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> um, yeah when we started to see who he was there's almost like this relief when I see men like him and very much like Ben just this kind of conscious loving masculine strength that comes out in such a different way were you aware that you were looking for that or did Matt kind of present who he was to you and you fell for him without necessarily having a type or a vision? Oh, okay. So first up, we met on Bumble. So he, he um, we were each other's first Bumble dates. So we both never wow, had. ever. I'd done a couple in LA but never in Australia. I'd never met up with anyone. Yeah, right. And, and I stood him up on his first date, not stood him up but cancelled, you know, like cancelled like an hour or a couple of hours before. Second date, oh. he, I know, not good. Um, second date, um, <laughs> he said, I just left like I'd done a hyperbaric chamber, which was like oxygen therapy, and I'd done a sauna. And I was dishevelled and I was sweating. He's like, come meet me for a wine. And I was like, oh, and I was like a bit high on the infrared sauna. I was like, yeah, okay. And then I flipped out. Anxiety attack. I was like, I got dressed. I got undressed. I got into my pajamas. I got back. Like it was a three hour debacle and he was there with friends. So he wasn't like waiting alone. Waiting. Yeah, yeah. He was with yeah, mates. Yeah, yeah. Like I was walking into the lion's den. He was there 
he's a DJ, he's with all these other DJ, oh, two other DJs and they were DJing at a big nightclub in Melbourne that night. So, like, it was all the cool cats. I was walking into a full lion's den and so I kept oscillating. I was like, no, I'm not going to come, maybe I will. And he just wrote, I can tell you've got anxiety. Our safe word is pineapples. If you say pineapples, I will put you straight back in an Uber. And at that moment I was like, Okay, but I. Oh my god, my whole body just went into goosebumps. (laughs) What a relief to be caught like that! Like that's like, wow. Yeah, yeah. And also straight after that, I said, "What if you're not nice?" And he wrote, "What if you're not nice, Lola?" And that was kind of as soon as that kind of (laughs) happened. I remember I walked in. He was in this like beautiful wine bar, sitting at the back, and there's like beautiful leather couches with these two like very big DJs in Melbourne which I didn't know at the time and I remember I sat down next to him and I got this feeling I was like oh I can be myself that was the first feeling I got and I was completely anxious I was I I was in a um, situation where I was really stressed out on other things going on in my life at the time and I was just like not not a happy camper and he could feel he was like I could feel your anxiety straight away and yeah and we just talked all night had fun he dropped me home like didn't pash nothing dropped me home said goodbye and then um just started messaging like um straight after kind of thing and and then we went on our you know, a beach date like a week later and that was the start of us dating. But, yeah, as far as like he wasn't who I thought, like the, it, Matt is like this mm. Italian, mm. like, oh, my God, like not my – I've always been like I'm going to be with a surfer that looks like Matt Corby, yeah. you know, <laughs> the real trouble. He picks of, up a guitar. Yeah. yeah, 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 he can do this. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. So He'll go be, camping for 17 days and I won't even know where he is. Yeah. Like, but it's, it's super cute. <laughs> So, so Matt wasn't what I expected. No, not at all. But as far as like um, what I loved was on our second date and I dated somebody else, I don't know, like three months prior who I really liked, real troubled, like we were just talking about, that full broken troubled soul. Mm. But I really liked him. Like I was just like, oh, God, I'm falling for you. But I was falling for like his facade and I was falling for his brokenness. Totally. Like He was really broken like total functional alcoholic, didn't figure that out for a few dates. And I remember I said to him, I spoke to my therapist, Terry, and I was like, fuck, I really like, this is before I've met Matt, this is someone else. And I go, I really like this guy. I can tell he really likes me, but X, Y, and Z has happened. And he was just a total douche, total narcissist. And Terry, my psychologist, said, you need to tell him you see me. And I go, what? And he goes, tell him you've got a therapist. And I met up with him the next day and I was like, hey, I want you to know I have a therapist. And I just watched his face change, totally judged me. And really? Yeah, it was pretty horrible. And and I'm sitting there and as I watched his face, I was like, I'm never, and it's this, that energetic cut thing that we were talking about. I was like, I'm never going to see you again. In my mind, I was just like, Right, yeah, I'll you. never see you again. And I remember being mortified after because I, like, we, you know, had a really nice goodbye, but I knew it was goodbye. Like I knew I'm not never, ever. Go- and he still tried, like, fuck, they always do, you know, the, especially the dickheads. Um, he still tried and I just was, like, fully cut and always nice but, like, see you later. Anyway, fast forward second date with Matt 
So our proper, proper date, I was like, hey, I was like, I'm going to get this shit out of the way early. I was like, I need you to know, I would like you to know that I have a therapist. And Matt's response was, I find that so attractive. So there's the difference mm. in the men, in the, in the man that they were. Do you know what I mean? Totally. And everybody used to say to me when I was on air at Kiss, how we like an oh, actually that's not that's a fucking lie. I used to say to myself, <laughs> how am I really ever going to meet someone that's happy for me to share all this stuff? Because this is now my life. Yeah. And I, you know, when you're in it, you kind of can't believe that how you, you can actually just change it. But um, but then I met Ben and he just couldn't give a fuck. Not only did he like say it, he didn't say anything like Matt where he was like, Yeah, that's even more attractive. He just didn't give a shit. It my work was just not at all what he was there for and it was it's so interesting when not only do they meet you but then they surprise you on top of that you know and that's when you know I think you're on the right path because often I think when we date for a long time we have all of these I guess these ideas of how everything's going to work out because there is so much mystery to it and you know and if you are looking for someone or you are looking for a partner or you are looking for a connection of whatever way that looks on the outside you do try and, um, I guess, predict what it will be. And then when you actually meet someone and they surprise you, so it gets to a point where you kind of can't even predict it, I reckon that's a pretty cool sign. Would you agree? Like when you start to have people, like how he's Italian and all these kinds of things, the level of surprise is just something, particularly for, I reckon, chicks like us that are pretty um, fairly dominant and go for things that we want. And it takes a bit to surprise me. I don't know about you, but I... I kind of run the show a bit. So when you meet someone and that that surprise ends up softening you in a way that is pretty epic and I think deserving. Would you also say, not to turn the um, interview on you here, but this is one thing I've um, noticed as well, like I feel like even though I'm super yang and alpha female, all that, all what you just described then, I think that as a result of Matt's heart and softness and gentleness, I... I'm better at my work. I am better at my business and I'm clearer and I'm more focused and I am so much better at seeing the bigger, the overall bigger picture than getting caught up in the little like fiery shit that won't matter in fucking two weeks' time. I mean, I changed my entire career. Yeah. So, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, um, I became very much aware of what was working for me and what wasn't, but what was working for me as a human first, you know what I mean? And so then that allowed me to make softer, better strategic decisions that where my anxiety just, it just, it just went away. Yeah, Like crazy, crazy because I don't know. Yeah. I agree with you. There was this, um, this power coming from a different source. And that's coming from a bravado career ambition source. It started to come from a, okay, and not everything on the outside looked that different. I still do a podcast. I still am myself. You know what I mean? Like there's still lots of parts of what I do that doesn't look that crazily different. I'm a broadcaster, whatever. But from where I stand from, and I don't know if this is what you're kind of alluding to, but where you stood from and where it yeah. came from. Like if you're a Care Bear, like you imagining it's coming from a different yeah. part of your body, like whoosh, all the magic. <laughs> and totally. it came out, it was coming out from like my sacrum, like proper. It, I just really made sure that everything I did was from there and anything that wasn't coming from there anymore, I, I changed. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. It, I, think, I don't think he would be aware that he had that much to do with it. But I think it's who you become when you – 
find love like that too. Totally. You know what I mean? Like it's a bit of a combo It brings a, like when you talk about the care bear thing, it brings like a sense of knowing, like actually knowing who you are. <gasps> yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Yeah, because they see you for who you are. You don't have to be anybody else, and then that's okay, and that and that's affirmed. Totally, like there's something really beautiful about having that affirmed. So, how did you guys fall in love? Was it like this kind of quick thing? Was it a slower thing? Did you find, I guess, the vulnerability part of it, or the kind of breaking down walls difficult? Like, tell me about that process for you. I'm really intrigued. Well, I'm super whimsical with love, so I just followed it. Like, I, I, I wholeheartedly was like, well. I'd rather throw my whole heart in, experience something epic and have it broken than um, go in protect guarded. So I threw my whole self in and um, mm. I said to him, we were, we were, it was early on, we were kissing in my car. We'd just been on a date and he was kissing me. He loved doing this thing where he'd put his hand on your heart. He's so like soppy. I love it. And I said, what are you thinking? And he's like, He's like, well, if I jump now kind of thing, he's like, I'm in. And he, and I'm like, jump, jump. Like I'm just like, just jump, mate. And he, <laughs> and he looked at me and he go, and I go, tell me what you, you know, and he goes, I'm fucked. And he's like, I'm with you. I'm done. Like I'm, I'm done kind of thing. So that was really nice. That was like, as soon as he did that, it was just like just this beautiful like unraveling of a journey basically. Wow. I love hearing this stuff. <laughs> I've never talked about and it before. So, so you're the first. Yeah, right. Well, I just think there's something and and talk to me about being with a man that that offers that kind of that love, which is really different to the average Aussie bloke. It really is. And as much as we can say that there's woke blokes out there and, you know, lots of guys that practice fucking yoga and do all this stuff and whatever. You know, Matt's a real deal. Like even how he messages you and stands to that that night on the Bumble chat, you know, you don't, as a person that was single for a very long time, they don't come by all the time, but they're out there. Yeah. Um, talk to me about that and, and his kind of presence and and I suppose do you have this sense, because I know I have this with, with Ben, I feel very lucky, but I feel like I also did the work on myself to have that attraction met at a mutual place you know what I mean like how do you kind of correlate it because I do feel like there is there's a point of difference to your relationship I'm gonna say it it is it's different and it's 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 I don't want to say it's more special than the average Joe but I think these kinds of guys are the guys that we need to make the world a better place a bit first of all full disclaimer a lot of guys that go to yoga are dickheads just so people girls that are listening to this like I'm gonna go to yoga and meet them Meet the man of my life. Not always, not always, even though Matt's a massive yogi, we did not meet in a yoga room. <laughs> but I think um, you're right. Like I think your Ben's, your Matt's, like people that, these are just men that are in touch with their feelings, like, and they're emotionally intelligent. Mm-hmm. So they are mm-hmm. like just completely clear with who they are and what they care about. I don't know what Ben's career is, but Matt is a music producer. So he's creative. very creative. Yeah, he's creative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is Ben creative? What does yeah. Ben do? He works at the ABC. Yeah, so he, um, yeah, he's a creative director. There, yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Okay, so they've got yeah, this yeah. part of their brain mm. and heart that is a bit different. I, I remember after my like probably second or third date with Matt, I said to my therapist, I was like, 
oh my god I've never dated a creative before and I've dated one my first love was also a music <laughs> producer and DJ and and no one's kind of ever come close to him that first one I was like no one has come close to the way that he, he used to write me love notes and stuff like that and and I thought oh that's I just put it down to first love I was like well first love you can't beat it you know like it's your first kind of everything and then I said to my therapist I was like oh my god I need I need to be with a creative. And he said, how long has it taken you to figure this one out, Lola? And I'm like, too long. (laughs) So um, I would put it down to dating a creative, although like creatives also though, they, although they've got this beautiful heart, they also, that's where darkness lies too, like the love and the darkness, it's the yin Mm. and the yang. And Matt has a therapist and he's worked so hard on himself and he um, suffers from anxiety. So he's worked so hard on, you know, dealing with what that comes from and where that comes from and facing fear and like I need to remember our upbringings are polar opposite like my parents were divorced before I went into prep Matt's from an Italian family all his sisters live really close to the family you know like it's this really homebody and the family is like Mm. so close and it's very beautiful and it's very um caring and um all heart and probably one of the reasons why his heart is so beautiful but it's completely mm. different mm. to me. Like it's, it, you know, my parents like, yeah, go live your dream. No worries. You know, like it's, it's, it's um, <laughs> and I love that. I love that me and my brother have grown up with so much freedom to do that. And we're both very mm. high achieving individuals, like both A types, very high achieving, but dad set up his own business. The, the year that I was born, he was building a vet clinic. So he's um, a little go-getter, mom, like, does not stop same ball game so it's I think there are so many facets I actually think the difference is a man that works on himself I think that's the key integral and 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 that that point that we came back that we mentioned and knowing he knows who he is he knows what his strengths are he knows what his weaknesses are he's very clear with it and he knows he, he even said to me he says like I know you better than you know yourself and I'm like hold on son mm. and then I like calmed down a bit and I was like yeah you're right you probably do so it's it's a sense of knowing and it's a sense of willing to do the work on the um, elements of yourself that need the work I would say yeah I agree and I think that means that on the um not on the outside but that that's different types of men it really doesn't have to be one kind of man totally but I think if you are willing to work on yourself it does change the game in terms of that um that masculine feminine energy how do you guys have you ever thought about that in your relationship you know how everybody's got a feminine masculine energy within them has that always balanced really easily because I think even sometimes I can be you know especially when I was on air and I would come home I was super in masculine I had to kind of meditate for a second and just get back into my space which was lovely to do and then when that was gone it it just kind of threw out the I suppose the pattern for us a bit and Ben's a super big empath so at times it's you know he goes really deep into my feelings when I actually need him to stand you know strong and and we go through these different kinds of things because we're both so in tune with ourselves but that masculine and feminine energy is generally fairly pretty balanced within us or at least it can be a bit out of whack but when it's out of whack with the other person with what you need it can be a bit of a 
it's a bit of, it's interesting. I don't know if you've found anything around that or oh, you've even thought about that kind of concept absolutely. within your relationship. And like the amount of times Matt's like if I'm having a breakdown or panic or like feeling really like I my um my go-to was always food. Like I'll always be like, oh, I feel funny with food today. I don't want to do like I'll get really like it'll it's just my like coping mechanism from years of battling with eating disorders and body dysmorphia yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, like even this morning today, um, I was like, oh, I've got, I'm teaching yoga tonight, but I'm scared I look fat. Like, and he's like, what? And I'm like, well, I've just had so many birthday treats and I'm scared I look. And he's like, you look small, shut up, you're fine. <laughs> like, he's brilliant at that. But um, some days, like, I'll be having like uh, a bit of a meltdown, let's call it. And he'll be like, I think we need to meditate. <laughs> and I'm literally like, there is no fucking way I'm meditating right now, mate. <laughs> That is the last thing I need, which it probably is the first thing that I need, but I'm just like, I do not yes. feel like meditation. No, and I'll like fight it until I'm like blue in the face and, um, yeah, he's just he, he he's just like, come on, sit with me. And, and he'll he's very good at just like holding me. Like after I finish this yoga, intense yoga course the other day, he's like, you need to chill this week. And I'm like, I can't chill. Like I need to be doing a book brain dump or I need to be doing this or I need to be doing and, – and he's like, well, you need to physically chill a bit. And I've said like this week I'm just like really mellowing out my exercise a bit and um, he – we were just laying together like one afternoon. He's like, let's just sit and lay and chill for a bit and I fully fell asleep. Like I never napped. I've never napped mm. like in the mm. day and I just was like my body was just like so burnt out and exhausted that I just needed to like let it kind of recoup and um yeah, like he is so good at bringing that more feminine yin kind of that just that more soft energy to where I can be quite prickly and like quite like oh, I need to be I need to be moving. I need to be constantly moving. Like my one of my really good friends, Jad, he's a phenomenal naturopath. He said to me one day, You're like a shark. And I was like, excuse me? And he goes, You would die if you stopped moving. And apparently sharks die mm. if they stop moving. And yeah, well, yeah, and I was like, shit. And then, but now I can't take that as a compliment. I'm like, that's probably a good thing. But, <laughs> but yeah, Matt can get me to stop. And when I do stop, that's when, uh, like, you can see I need, like, I know I need you set it. into that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it is really nice. And it's interesting as well in these kinds of relationships or as we kind of look at modern relationships and, and how women have changed so dramatically and therefore men. Um, how we now have to redefine what our needs are, you know, because there's this kind of real old school idea of how things have to look from in a straight relationship anyway. Um, and it's interesting to see now, even when I speak and do a lot of interviews with people on my show and they'll be like, and the man is generally like this and the, the woman is generally like this. And often I'm like, oh, I'm the man. Like I often relate to the other the man side and I feel like Ben sometimes the woman side when they're using examples and I just yeah. and not all the time but just sometimes and I think we just have to be really open-minded about the fact that we need both but it's okay for them to both be playing out with each of us and that also means us giving the permission for men to be in their feminine side too and not be freaked out by that because totally. I think a lot of chicks can be freaked out by that which is to your own detriment because you miss out on having the most epic kind of finding the most epic strength in a different way in a man, totally. I reckon. Totally, totally, totally. You've hit the nail on the head. 
hundred percent. And even in Ayurvedic Indian medicine, we're always a balance of three different doshas, pitta, pitta, kapha, and vata. And you'd be quite pitta dominant. I'd be quite pitta dominant, mm-hmm. maybe both with a bit of vata. And pitta is like the firecracker, get shit done, blah, like, you know, vata is really soft and like um, gets cold really easily. And, you know, like small humans can lean physically into vata and then Kafar is like super like zen and mellow and you always want, they say in Indian medicine, you always want a balance of these three doshas. You don't want one that's, you know, overactive and we've always got a dominant one. Yours would be Pitta, I'd say, Um, Mm. you know, and it's quite Mm. cool to see like Matt's would actually be Vata because he's he's prone to anxiety and whatnot, but it's it's finding that Kafar, it's finding that other grounding element. It's quite cool. Mm, it is very cool. Um, and I think it's really nice to think about that with ourselves, but then also with potential partners, because often we really put pressure on our partner to be the thing, the one part of that that we need. And then when they show up, say, in the other two, for example, using the um, the Ayurvedic reference, it's almost like, well, that's not something that I need. It's so when you're even and balanced in your three then you can almost you can appreciate more totally. when they're balanced yeah. and you're not you're not kind of shying away or resisting parts of them that totally. doesn't necessarily work for you you know which i think is where we can get stuck in relationships totally Oh, mate, this has been an epitaph. I could talk to you for three days straight. <laughs> I, know, I was just thinking um, that. I'm like, this has gone too fast. But <laughs> yes, it has gone. It's like 50 minutes already. Um, thank you very, very much, Lola Berry. It's always an absolute delight. I feel like I'm yarning with a girlfriend about the important stuff. Um, best of luck with your new podcast. I'll put all the I've links in the show you notes. I've got to get you on, Chica. We're going to do a podcast trade, a potty trade. I would love that. I would love it. Um, and, of course, tell us a quick quick bit about Lola Coffee. Like people can order it online. Yeah, so it's a nootropic coffee. Basically it just means it's a brain coffee. It's sold out in 48 hours. So we're getting a new batch. Whoa. In, yeah, in about a month a new batch will come out either – End of October, I'm my intuition saying it'll be first week of November just because I saw what happened with the last batch. But um, basically mm. it's a really high-grade specialty coffee, freeze-dried with no nasties, so no anti-molding agents, no anti-caking agents, no chemicals at all, and it's at a really low extraction rate so it tastes beautiful. It doesn't taste like pooey instant coffee. Not that all are pooey but some are. Um, and then we add medicinal wild-crafted lion's mane mushroom to it, which is... I was about to say, and mushrooms. Yeah. What the fuck? I didn't know that part. Yes, that's the nootropic part. That's the brain. They're like mushies right. that are specific for the brain and great for cognitive function. It's I call it like the limitless of the mushroom family. You know that limitless drug that Bradley Cooper took? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like that of the mushroom family. So it's, it, it's really healthy. It tastes great, smells awesome, doesn't impart any mushroom fungi flavour. So it took us quite a while to get the recipe bang on but yeah it's really clean um i own it with matt and and matt's dear friend rob so it's just a really nice project that we've seen come to life so yeah it's out soon oh congratulations to you all i reckon this podcast will drop around that time so um that'll be perfect all right girl it was lovely chatting to you and um and we'll keep posted with all the things that you're doing i'll put everything in show notes where you can find lola let her know you heard her here um and all of the info about how you can order that delicious coffee if you're interested okay thanks babe thanks chica
This has been another Bijou Podcast production.